So Pastor Brad sent me a text, I don't know, it was early this week, and asked if I would share this morning. And so I started reminiscing. And I don't know about you, but if you think back on your life, you don't realize everything that's happened in your life until you actually stop and think. So I have five pages here. And Brad, <laughs> Pastor Brad said I could take like 10, 15 minutes. And I thought, that's, that's fine. This is not cliff notes. This is not bullet points. So it probably will be 10 minutes or so. But um, there's a lot of stuff here because God's been good. Um, so my family, I wanted to give a little bit of background in full transparency so you can get to know me and my family better. Um, my wife, Deb, is right here. Um, we grew up in a town called Finley, Ohio. We've known each other since fifth grade. Um, and sort of my background before we uh, started attending church together is my family, when I was about four years old, I don't remember exactly, started going to a Grace Brethren church in Finley. And um, my father was saved when I was four or five, it's, it's sort of vague right now, but when I was younger, he became a believer in that church. And my mother soon thereafter became a believer also. And I had, I don't remember the exact date or time, I had asked Jesus into my heart sometime during those early years when I was five, six years old. And I remember sitting at the baptistry at the church one Saturday, and my parents were custodians at the church at the time. So we were at the church every Saturday for about five or six hours while mom and dad cleaned, and we'd play with friends. But one Saturday, I happened to be in the auditorium, and the baptistry was full for, I'm assuming, a baptism soon. And so I was sitting there looking at the water and um, just asking questions. And the pastor happened to be there getting ready for Sunday, and so he was answering some questions on what baptism was and what it signified and what it meant. And I knew that I wanted to do that. And so um, soon thereafter, I was, and to your comment a couple weeks ago, three times forward when I was baptized <laughs> at that church. Um, and so we stayed there for several years. And when I was in fifth grade, my family, because of some situations going on in that particular church, changed churches. And so we went to First Baptist Church in Finley. And that's where Deb and I got to know each other a little bit. We were this, pretty much the same age. Uh, same youth group, all of that good stuff. So we got to know each other, but um, by no means anybody you would put together. We'll, we'll get to that later. But um, nobody you would have ever put together, but God has greater plans than we do. Um, so my, I remember we had attended that church, and my parents decided they wanted to become members. And so, and I can still picture the church. So it's one of those churches that had the two sides, the aisle on the left, middle, and right. And so my parents and my brother and I went forward to, for membership in the church, the left aisle. Um, and I remember going forward for membership, but I just didn't feel right when we did that. I'm like, I, I just questioned. I'm like, I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I was probably 12, I'm guessing, at the time. And it just, something in me just didn't feel right. And so after we'd gone forward to become members, I'm like, I need to make sure of my salvation. And so I uh, went forward, or I actually talked to um, Bob Brown, who was a youth leader in the church at the time. And if you remember the old churches, this was an older church building, went downstairs in the musty basement of the church in the blue room, um, and talked with uh, Bob for probably, I don't know, a half hour, 45 minutes, and confirmed my salvation. And um, so then we became members uh, of the church, and I participated during my teen years we had the Word of Life program, and I don't know whether any of you are familiar with that out of upstate New York, but it's a youth program, and our church participated in that. And so all during high school, I was involved in um, 
Word of Life program, the Teens Involved competitions. I was on the quiz team, uh, some of the singing groups, and um, did scripture memory during those years. And while I was doing a lot, if I look back and I'm totally honest with myself, I wasn't growing a lot spiritually. I was growing some, but it was a lot more head knowledge during that time. Although I say that, and I was thinking as I was putting some things together, while it was a lot of head knowledge, knowing the scripture has come back. And that's been a, a benefit of all the scripture that I was able to memorize during that time, was that when certain things come up, those scriptures come back to mind again. And that's a, a very positive thing. And, and, the, and the importance of scripture memory um, is that it will just come back and you'll remember it. Might not remember the reference always, but you remember the verse. Um, after I graduated high school, I went to Cedarville U College, now Cedarville University, for a quarter. And then just because of some uh, family stuff, I transferred back to our local college in Finley at the time. And that's when Deb and I started hanging out more. All of our friends had gone away to school, and so it was Deb and I. And so I think we dated sooner than she did. She thinks we dated later. Um, <laughs> But anyway, we started hanging out more. When we started dating is up for debate. But um, so we started dating and just hanging out more. And um, Deb had a, had a great grandma who uh, told her that she needed to hang on to me. So that's a, that's a good thing. I love grandma. <laughs> um, and then after I graduated from college, uh, moved to Columbus, Ohio, I took a job as a bank examiner. So think of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, and the, the bank examiner, that's what I did for about five years. And so we moved after we got married. Uh, we started, or I proposed to Deb in October of 1986, and we got married in June of 87. And I was telling Deb that, she goes, don't tell them that, they'll know our age. I'm like, they probably figure it anyway. So, um, so uh, we moved to Columbus and um, lived there for five years, and short, after five years, I decided I didn't want to be gone all the time with that particular job. I was gone Monday through Friday, home on the weekends, and Deb knew very few people in Columbus, and so she was basically by herself all week, and I'd come home and say hi and leave again. Um, so I took another job in a town 45 minutes away, and we moved to a town called Bell Fountain in Ohio, and there we got involved with a church called Calvary Baptist Church, and um, got very involved there. We, I taught fifth grade boys in Sunday school for a long time, and some of those boys now are in their 40s, which makes me feel very old. Um, and they're having, you know, they have teenage kids now. Um, and then we were involved in the choir, involved in VBS, Deb headed that up one year. Uh, I was on the deacon board for a number of years as well. So just got very involved in a church there, um, and then helped with the teen group also with the Word of Life program that that church had also. Come on, page down. Um, so after we were married about six years, we had our, our daughter, Kelsey. So we have three children. We had our daughter, Kelsey. And after Kelsey, we weren't able to have any more children. We tried a, a number of things for a number of years, and God saw fit not to give us any more biological children, but we knew we wanted to grow our family. And so um, I had always had a desire to adopt. And Deb, not so much, but I had a, had a dream early in our marriage that we had a family, a large family, with children that didn't look at all like us. And I told Deb about it. I think it freaked her out when I told her. But um, <laughs> anyway, but God works things out in his timing. And so after we had been in Calvary for a while, we met a family. Deb actually met Chris. Um, and you've heard Deb talk about Chris uh, at different times. But um, Deb met Chris, and they had 
two little boys, two years old, I think two years old at the time, and they had adopted them from Kazakhstan. And so we got to talking to them, became friends with them very quickly, and that's when Deb, I think, started opening up to the idea of adoption, and in God's perfect timing, uh, we adopted, and won't go into all the details because there's a lot of them, but we adopted our boys in December 2003, so we got Gavry and Alex, came home Christmas Eve, December 2003, um, one of the best Christmases ever. So um, that's a little bit about the, the earlier years. And a, a couple years after that, though, in August of 2005, our family started on a interesting journey um, that in hindsight is a testament to God's faithfulness and his provision and his care. And it let me see that on my own, I'm nothing. But with God, I have everything. And he'll take care of things. I don't know about you. I can struggle at times with being a control freak. I like to know what's going on, when it's going to go on, how it's going to happen. And during that time, God pulled everything out and said, you know what? It's me. And it's you. And you're going to be okay. And what happened was our family had been in Columbus that particular day at a place called COSI, Center of Science and Industry, with the kids. And I was pushing the boys that day in their double stroller, and Deb had Kelsey, and we were just enjoying the day. And during the course of the day, I started getting very winded and just not feeling right. It just, it was off. And so we finished our day, went home, and I went to bed and just was not, I went to bed early, actually, and was just not feeling right. And a few hours later, I told Deb, I said, I need to go to the hospital. I can't breathe. There's just something wrong here. And so I went to the hospital, and they indicated that I had pneumonia in my right lung. And within a couple hours, they said it's moved into your left lung, and they had me on oxygen. And after that, I don't remember a lot from till the next afternoon. This was Saturday, middle of the night, so I don't remember anything really till Sunday. And I remember waking up, and they had oxygen strapped on me and were forcing oxygen into my lungs. And I was diagnosed with acute respiratory distress syndrome. And um, next day was care flighted to a hospital in Lyme, Ohio, and almost didn't make it. Apparently, from what I was, what Deb was told, they almost lost me on the helicopter flight over. Um, and then I was in the hospital for approximately a, uh, two months. They induced me in a coma for a month at that time. I came out. Um, I went in when. This all happened when Katrina was starting, Hurricane Katrina. When I came out, I saw some of the stuff on the news that was still going on. They were showing the news clips from Katrina. But I was in the hospital until October 30th and then went home. But while I was in the hospital, I got staph infection in my mitral valve. It ruptured the valve. And so after I recuperated a little bit from the ARDS, I had to go back in the hospital for a valve replacement. So this was a, a long process. But a couple details on the faithfulness of God. And this is where I was talking to Deb yesterday, and I was just asking her, I said, listen to this, and just because I, I value her opinion and wanted to make sure it sounded okay and that it would make sense. Um, but thinking about God's faithfulness, we have a good God. Um, he doesn't just, things don't just happen with God. And I like that. We can look at him and go, isn't that, isn't that great that that happened? But God orchestrates it. And it's so cool. So here are some of the details that were so cool about that time in hindsight. Deb's parents were retired at the time, or their schedules were definitely much slower. And they were able to come to the house and take care of the kids because at the time the boys would have been three each, um, and Kelsey would have been about 11 or 12, I think, at the time. They were able to come there to keep the routine as normal as possible so Deb could be with me at the hospital. 
That's a God thing because their pattern wasn't disrupted as much as it otherwise would have been. Um, the other thing that is amazing beyond belief is the Friday before I came, became ill, I had accepted a job at another bank and had my resignation letter on the computer desk at home ready to turn in. Um, while I was in the coma at the hospital, Deb let my boss, Tom, who came to see me, know that I accepted another job. After she told me this, after I woke up, I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> but um, she, she told Tom, she's like, just so you know, she goes, Dan's taking another job, and you know, he's planning to, to quit. And Tom, who, who's not a believer, and I don't believe he is till this day, but God worked in him in such an amazing way for our family. Said, you know what? They're never going to keep that job, and you don't need to worry about money. And he paid us full salary the entire time that I was ill. Even though the other job was kept open for me, and I did end up leaving that bank, he paid me till the very last day before I started the new job. And that's a God thing. Only God does that. Uh, and that was just so amazing. And then. The other thing that is so cool is that when I was ill in Lima, because of just my health was deteriorating so rapidly, they needed to move me again to another hospital. And so the chairman of the board of the bank just happened to be a board member at the Ross Hart Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And even though we had been told there were no beds available, I got a bed. And so God just worked that out to get me care flight to Columbus where I could get the care I needed for the last part of my illness um, in his timing and his providence. So just looking at that, that was a time in our life when we saw God being so faithful to our family and so good to our family. And even if I would have died, God's still good. Um, but God provided, and God did so many amazing things during that time. And you know, at the time, a verse that stuck out, I'm going to share it again later with something else too, but was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I, I remember when I was in the hospital, we were getting a lot of cards and stuff, and Dev came in one afternoon and was reading them to me. And um, just Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he's going to direct our paths. And he did. Um, so within a, year, within a year of assuming my new job after I got sick, the bank that I worked for decided they were going to sell. And that's never something you want to hear. But um, I was informed that the bank was looking to sell, and I had an option. I could have stayed with the CEO of that bank who was moving to California or look for something different. And we had no desire to go to California. Um, I am so thankful God had no desire for us, didn't give us that desire. Um, and I hopped on Monster.com, and lo and behold, a position was available in, at a bank in Logansport, Indiana, which we had never heard of. And I had said something to Deb, I'm like, Deb, what, what would you think if I apply for this job in Logansport? And I think she thought it was like, yeah, go ahead, and we'll see what happens. And um, I did, and had an interview, I think it was within, what, like a week or so, a week or two after that, I had an interview, and they offered a position like a week after that. And so uh, that's how we got here into this area, and we've been here ever since. We've been here for, uh, I've been at the bank for 14 years. We've actually lived here for 13. I commuted for about the first year. Um, and so that's just a little bit of who I am, who we are. 
um, just to share that with you um, and what our life, some of our life experiences have been and uh, maybe why we are sort of the way we are. Um, but but God, has, God has been good to our family. God has been good to us and given us so much um, in an ability to trust who he is and to take things out from under us and just be like, you know what? It's okay because I'm God and I've, and I've got you. You don't need to be in control. Um, Pastor Brad also asked me if I would share what the gospel means to me. And, you know, to me, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he came to earth to save sinners and to provide forgiveness of sins to anyone who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth him to be Lord. And, you know, in 1 Timothy 1.15, where Paul's writing, he says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief and to me, that's just a really clear and concise description of the gospel. And, you know, I love the fact that the gospel is not difficult. I mean, maybe living it out can be difficult at times, but the message of the gospel is so simple. He made it so that kids, little bitty kids, can understand it, and yet it's so relevant for, you know, us when we get to adulthood. And what a great God that he's able to, to do that so that it's understood able to be understood by all. So what it means, what the gospel means to me is that I'm freed. Um, when I placed my trust in Christ, he forgave my sins and he gave me a new life. He saved me and he changed me. And you know, I believe there's an active part to the gospel as well in that while I was saved and he forgave me, I'm growing in my faith and my salvation continues to be worked out. And I sort of equate it to marriage. So when I married Deb, and I, I, put story, I do stories, because I, I was talking in Sunday school. I like to put things in terms that I can think of on a physical standpoint, an earthly realm standpoint, uh, when I'm thinking about God, because that's what I have that, I, that is tangible and I can touch. But when I married Deb, it was June 12, 1987. Got the date right. Um, and so that was the day we were married. But my love for Deb and our marriage has grown over time, as I've experienced, as we've experienced more together, and we've grown deeper in our relationship. And you know, the same is true with my relationship with Jesus, and I hope yours too, is that we were saved on a date. That's when we confessed with our mouth. But the process of salvation is an ongoing process. As my love grows deeper for Christ, and I, as I've experienced more with him, um, and been in his word, and in prayer, my salvation continues to grow deeper. And so that to me is the gospel and the progression of my salvation. Um, something else Pastor Brad asked about is how God is stretching me. And I've shared this in Sunday school, but if you haven't been in Sunday school, you don't know it. So I'm going to share it anyways. And if you've heard it before, and I'm looking at Mandy, she probably knows what I'm going to share maybe a little bit. But Deb and I've had an opportunity with another set of our neighbors recently to start a Bible study in our neighborhood. And it has been a interesting, fun, challenging, um, different experience. And all of that's good. Uh, if you can't tell, I, I, I tend to be very optimistic because I, I know God has good things in store. I just don't always know how he's going to make it happen. Um, but we've got a, a, a small Bible study, and it's a smaller group. We've had as many as about eight or nine one time. Last time we met, which was actually a week and a half ago, um, there were only five of us. But um, it's a group, and I'm not sure really of the spiritual condition of a number of the individuals in our group. 
But that's what's so exciting about it. It's because, you know, sharing in Sunday school today, they're not inhibited to say what they're thinking. They're, they're not churchy in that they don't um, think they have to be a certain way. They're who they are. And there's one lady in particular who's been wrestling with stuff. And it's been fun to watch that people wrestle with Scripture and wrestle with the truth and not understand and think, well, this is what I think is right, but that conflicts with what Scripture says. And um, so it's been, it's been a great experience. But that's been stretching because it's, it's different when you are sharing weekly with individuals who are not believers and I think a couple, well, Deb and I and our neighbors, the other set of neighbors are, but not knowing where the others really sit spiritually, um, it's just a different dynamic. And I guess I'd ask that as a prayer request, too. If you pray for that Bible study, we would appreciate it. But that's been a stretch for us, a stretch for me as well. Because I, and I feel weighty about it, too, because I feel responsible for these individuals. I feel responsible that God's word is communicated clearly, that um, what is said would always be the truth and that it wouldn't be watered down to sound good to them um, that you know because sometimes God's word can be offensive and that's okay because it's God's word but by the same token we want to be cognizant and respect where they're at and show them the love of Christ as well with the truth of Christ um, another stretch has been having to, on occasion, teach Sunday school here. Uh, Cornerstone is the first time that Deb and I have taught an adult Sunday school class. And so just a couple of times we've had opportunity to sub for Eric and Mandy. That's been a little bit of a stretch because whether it appears it or not, I'm introverted. And it is very difficult for me to speak and be in front of people. Um, and, but, and that's been a stretch, and that's been a good stretch. And um, then lastly, getting in front of the church in the prayer times on Sunday mornings has been a stretch. And so God's continuing to grow, to um, challenge, um, and allow opportunities into my life that um, really are maybe difficult at times, but they're fun. Being a believer, I I, I get giddy about it, and I do, because there's there's truth that God... Living for Christ and serving him is fun. That doesn't mean it's not challenging. That doesn't mean there's not going to be days when you're like, what in the world's going on? But you know what? We serve an amazing God. He's got it all under control. And he knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen five years from now. He knows what this church is going to look like a year from now, five years from now. You know, if he tarries 50 years from now, what the legacy will be and what this church will be in 50 years. And so that takes me into uh, the last thing I wanted to share is, like, what do I value in our church? And what I value in our church, first and foremost, is that the word is spoken. I never have to come to church and wonder if God's word is going to be read, if it's going to be read in context, if it's going to be communicated clearly, if the difficult parts as well as the easy parts are going to be shared. It's all shared. Um, And to me, that has been one of the most refreshing things about being at Cornerstone is not wondering um, if the truth is going to be spoken. And I also value our depth of worship. And um, I appreciate you, Rachel. And I appreciate the songs that you choose for us to sing and worship and that they're deep and that they're meaningful. 
and they're not just shallow and sound good, but that there's meaning behind them. And I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the hymn sing tonight. I was trying to think to the last time I had been to a hymn sing. It's been a long, long time. And I'm looking forward to it. And I was actually, I know the song that I always used to call out for. I'd raise my hand when I was a little kid and ask for one song to be sung. I won't jump up and stand tonight, but um, I may have a song for us to sing tonight. And um, so I value our worship time in the, in the songs. And then I value everybody that's here. Um, I love seeing people interact. And it's been fun being part of a newer church um, where people are gelling, getting to know each other, getting involved in each other's lives. And I think it's great that we're a smaller body right now. And as we grow, we're building that core. We know each other. And as people come in, getting to know them too and pulling everybody in together, I think it makes us stronger as a body of believers. Um, And as we move forward as a church, my desire first and foremost, I guess, not a guess, I know, is that we continue to stay true to the word. Um, This is what we've got. This is what we've been left. And this is the message we need to carry. And so we stay true to the word. And I shared a minute ago, one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, you know, trust in the Lord, as I shared before, with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. We need to trust in the Lord with everything that is in us, with our whole heart. And don't trust that we know anything. You know, God knows everything. And, and talking about holiness today, we, can look, we were looking at some examples of holiness today and about Habakkuk and Jacob and Job and um, how they wrestled with God. And, you know, God in his holiness, he has it under control and he'll correct us and direct us. But yet he allows us to wrestle with him. But we really know so little on our own. We think we know a lot. We don't know anything, but God knows it all. And the promise then is if we acknowledge him by keeping him first and foremost, he's going to direct us. And so, you know, that's why my desire for the church is, you know, really the words of that verse. Because if we're staying true to who God is, if we're allowing him to direct our paths, he's going to show us where to go. He's going to open it up and make it very clear. And uh, we've got a, a community outside our doors that is longing for something different. They might not know they're longing for something different, but they are. There's so much chaos going on in our world right now, and we've got a message of hope that they want and they need. And I just pray that as a body, we would show that to them in our community. And then um, I just wanted to leave a couple prayer requests, if I could, um, that would be appreciated by me. One I shared with was the Bible study group, but that um, that you'd pray that my walk would continually grow that I would remain faithful in the word and that I would continue to lead my family and my uh, wife well in our home. So thank you.